Podtacular, the unofficial Haley Universe podcast presents episode 806, Creepy Teeth, recorded live on December 16th, 2021. Hello everyone, welcome to Podtacular, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast, on the heels of Halo Infinite's campaign release. Been so long since we've been back here, but anyways, I am your co-host, Duststorm. I am your co-host, Godzilla Todd. And I'm Hoss. Uh-oh. Mike, Hoss. Mike. And I'm Hoss. <laughs> I, for- I-, I keep forgetting. Uh, that's my bad. That's my bad. You need to change your, uh, your audio device there. <laughs> Where's your good thank mic? You for, thank you for giving me a, another space on my bingo card. Hey, you know, I, I, tis the season of giving. <laughs> All right, there we go. Oh, and it's been a few weeks, actually, since we had the podcast. Um, we changed over to Mondays for a little bit on the live show, and then... Uh, Someone forgot we were doing Mondays, and then Dust went out yep. of town. Yep. And then campaign launched, and, you know... I just want to say, from my perspective, I'm disappointed in both. Disappointed for me going to London? Yes. The fans have been hungry for Podtacular. You know, we've been planning this trip since the beginning of 2020. See, that's where you went wrong. (laughs) You didn't account for a potential pandemic destroying everything. (laughs) No, no. Didn't account for a pandemic. Didn't account for Halo coming out in the month of December of all months. I mean, just really a mess from your perspective. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the timing could not have been worse for us doing the podcast and any SEO potential that we would have had for having podcasts out with the release of Halo Infinite just went through the floor. So... Sacred Icon Halo, Podcast Evolved, Disney's Pro Talk. Like, there's plenty of podcasts that are probably well past us as far as being on top of things, on top of news, and blah, 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 blah. But, hey, we're here. It's, we're finally behind the microphones, ready to talk about things and give our perspectives on where things are going, try to talk some sense into the community, because... Good luck with that. That ain't happening. I ain't about that life, Chief. <laughs> I'm here to gaslight. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Well. <laughs> when you have to shut down Reddit, that's taking it too far. Yeah, I don't know if we'll touch on that tonight. I'm okay avoiding that one. There, there, there's, there's so much stuff that's gone. Oh, like, there's, there's more than that. We should have as had our drama. podcast between now and the last couple weeks. It is truly amazing that we are a month and a day since the multiplayer beta. Yep dropped and, and we are eight days after eight the campaign. days after the campaign just like if you just stop and think about every controversy all the feedback that is poured in in my time as a halo fan i had a, i know social media has only grown with halo but i cannot think of a more controversial and vocal time in this community's history period and I will say, to a point, not that I agree with everything, 
how unified a lot of the feedback is. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. truly, truly remarkable. Yeah. It, it's definitely something we have not witnessed before during a Halo launch. This is, this is a first, I think, for the Halo community. Um, it's, it's been a whirlwind. It really has. But yeah, uh, we're going to do things a little unconventional tonight. We're pretty much going to go through our first impressions of the campaign and a lot of the new stuff because we have a lot of that to catch up on. And then um, the next podcast that we do will be right before the uh, Christmas holiday for for us. Um, I'm not even sure. Like, Do you guys have plans for Thursday next week or are we postponing after I am <laughs> like preparing to go to some sunny islands for a week. So we 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 might sneak in another Monday show before Christmas goes out because we're so behind on things. We we don't know what we're doing for the next couple of weeks people. It, it it's a total crapshoot at this point as we play catch up and and do a whole bunch of uh, uh try a whole bunch of things. Um we are going to try one of the old tried and true uh, show formats of Pot Tackler f- from back in the day where we'll focus on a campaign mission or at least kind of what's considered a mission in Halo Infinite because they're not quite the same as they used to be. Well, yeah, there's not a like a definite start point. You kind of transition from mission to mission. Yeah, there, there's broken up pieces that we can kind of really drill down into. So I think the idea is we're going to do recordings for three episodes throughout the week in one recording session and then break that out from a podcast publishing perspective. So we'll have a podcast that covers one campaign mission or set of campaign experiences, uh, then one episode talking about a uh, multiplayer map and game mode, um, and then we'll have one episode that talks about the community news and other community updates and hopefully that will be enough to kind of help us catch up with our numbering since we had a lot of number takeoffs from this year and then also just kind of keep somewhat of a a drip feed out of, of content but helping us keep our recording schedule to a minimum so and no we're not doing a 24 hour subathon g lewis um i don't know whenever we would do a 24 hour subathon. We we might We've do done another- this 24 hour stream before. Uh I would prefer not to do it again. <laughs> we I, I would be okay with doing another 24 hour fundraiser stream, but not I don't I, we're not big enough to do subathons. Like it'd be like a yeah, it it just be pins gifting out subs. It'd be how much can we drain pins wallet. <laughs> <laughs> so but we we will undoubtedly do some kind of charity stream again in the future um we haven't done one in a while um technically the last one we did was for halo bowl related stuff and before that i think it was 2016 or maybe before when we did one for operation supply drop mm-hmm. i mean there's extra life stuff that we could do like there, there's opportunities there that we just haven't taken because we have lives that don't necessarily revolve around halo and video games <laughs> anyways yeah i mean halo is a big part of my day 
But oh sure, yeah, I've got other things to do, right? That are like required, not necessarily fun. Required. Yeah, it's called being an adult. <laughs> Busy adulting. Yeah. Anyways, um, let's kind of do a quick round of what's everyone been up to. We're gonna talk about initial responses to Halo campaign. Spoiler light or spoiler free as much as, as we can, but since we haven't been behind the microphones for like three weeks, uh, what's everyone been up to? Playing Halo. GT's been playing Halo. Lots of uh, Halo. I took a break from multiplayer, so what, last, last Tuesday before the campaign dropped, I stayed up till 2 a.m. getting all the weekly challenges done I possibly could because I knew... I didn't want this campaign spoiled for me. So I, and I had been lucky to the point with all the leaks and everything, I was pretty blown away how little I had leaked to me. And then I had people fake leak things to me in voice chat, which really, I was relieved that those were fake. But then I just grind a campaign. I finished that Sunday night and now I'm right back into multiplayer. So it has been a lot of Halo, a lot of Halo. <laughs> I got trapped in an invisible box. That's kind of cool. In the game? Yeah. Final boss mm-hmm. fight. I grapple hooked and then did the ground pound animation. And then next thing I know, I was in a box. So I, on the first boss fight, I can't remember the guy's name. I was like, oh, I'm going to be so witty because I died. So I brought a fusion coil over to where I activated the button to bring the elevator down. And as I dropped it, Tremonius, 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 thank you. Um, And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to be really smart. And I put the fusion coil down, save point activates, the thing blows up while the save point is activated. And so it just kept looping me dying. And so I had to restart because there's not like go back another checkpoint. It's yep checkpoint or restart mission but then i just i speed grappled my way through that entire mission and just like (laughs) flew through it but oh man that was such an awful (laughs) that was i i am thankful for the generous save points that they gave us but man that was just unfortunate timing there are times when you do not get those save points oh yeah there's uh i've i've been a victim of that many times my my first legendary run through, it was like, okay, boss <clears throat> battles are heavy groups of enemies, and where are my save points, game? It's been 20 minutes, where's my save point? I've blown through all these enemies, where's my save point? And then I die, and it's like, okay, I gotta do that another 20 minutes again. And there was one time where I, I basically spent an hour on one section, because the game wouldn't give me a freaking checkpoint. Gotta clear those enemies. Well, and one time it was with the the Harbinger at the end. It's like, come on, game. Like, I clear out all these enemies, and then the it unleashes the Harbinger to, to come get you and freaking magic missiles. Yeah, I, that was... That took a minute for me to figure out. I, I finally came up with a strategy that was somewhat reliable. This was before mm-hmm. I discovered the whole turret, apparently, glitch thing, not Easter egg. So I finally came up with a strategy that would take down Harbinger's shields very quickly to where she didn't have time to use magic missiles nearly as often, which are complete 
just yeah. yeah the the magic missiles suck. Magic missiles are such a pain in the butt. Anyways, so while you were traveling, did you get to play any via the uh, Xbox cloud service, or while you were staying? Not via cloud service. No. Um, okay. <clears throat> you talking about multiplayer or campaign or? Any Halo period. Like, did you get so, to play any Halo? So, so obviously, I think pe- most people know by now that being a foreigner, we had access to the press build and all that stuff. So, we I've been playing campaign since basically when the multiplayer came out. So, like, I'm on my eighth run through of the campaign right now. Anyways, so I had played through campaign. My first time through was on normal just kind of discovering everything and going through watching all the cutscenes, taking my time with it, enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And then I went through on easy to go find all of the collectibles. Went through on heroic and then I went through on easy for my third run to find all the collectibles. Managed to get 100% minus the skull, even though like without the skull, it counted as 100%. So I can put the stamp on. I was the first one to 100% Halo Infinite outside the studio. Working with some of the other forerunners to find all those skulls. Uh, and then I started my legendary run on console just to see how hard it was and see if I get through it. And then <clears throat> they came out with a PC build. And I don't know if this is intentional or something that they haven't been able to work out, but your saves for Steam are not connected to your saves for they most Windows certainly Live. are not. Yeah, which kind of sucked, but it was kind of good in a way because it gave me the opportunity of like, ooh, I can document all of the data pads and skull locations for the YouTubers and other content creators that normally do that type of stuff. So Maca, Halo Completionist, Toa Freak, like my. So I had this idea of okay, I can document all these and record all these. So when the embargo lifts on the six, I can just give a dump of videos and like, here you go. Here's all the videos there are as is. You can come through and create your guides based off of them. Just don't use my actual game footage in your, in your guides type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was rushing through trying to find everything. Uh, it came down to December 2nd, the day before, or yeah, the day of when me and my wife, along with two other friends that we know, um, Ace of Spades and, and his wife, uh, were going on their way to London. So I spent like the last the last few hours of the night before on the first setting up NVIDIA Game Stream on my PC. And then mm-hmm. there's this app called Moonlight that you can install that basically can hook into Game Stream without actually having to have a, a um, NVIDIA shield. So you, it oh, nice. connects to the same protocol. So I got that all set up on my church laptop where I could VPN back into my home network and get that going. So I was really happy and I like tested out over my phone connection to see that, okay, it, it does actually react real time. And it was really nice. I was getting a 1080p signal near lagless over my phone <laughs> VPN to my home network, which was really cool. Uh, so I got that all set up because I knew I wasn't going to probably finish it all by the time I had to leave. So my idea was while I'm in London, maybe on the night, go through, find the last six data pads I hadn't found on my my subsequent run through, trying to document everything. Got that all figured out. 
get to London. Uh, first night, things are working pretty good. But then I had to restart my computer for an update of some kind. Uh, then I had to remote desktop back into my computer to get it to kind of kick back in. And then at some some point, I guess my computer either crashed or froze or something, but it rebooted into some kind of state where when I got home, it was it was it was stuck in like a preboot issue issue of some kind. But basically, got to the point where I couldn't connect back and play. <laughs> so spent all that time leading up to my trip to London to try to document everything on my my fifth fourth or fifth playthrough to document it all and then all those plans just kind of fell apart well if anybody would like to see my first playthrough it is in the vods there are five parts if you're a twitch subscriber there's only five i thought it was more no i only did five parts okay now part five is there three times because obs was being Uh, troublesome that's it yeah so yeah um so that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, I started on I started on the Xbox in the den. My wife was like, okay, I'll watch. You know, I've never taken an interest. I was like, cool. Started playing, and my God, it is I, I have been on a 20 inch to 27 inch screen, one to two feet away from me since 2001. Going to a 65 inch TV and sitting 12 to 15 feet away is a totally different gaming experience. It looked beautiful, mm-hmm. but I, I like, I was struggling. I couldn't see anything, even though everything was massive. I couldn't aim. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. You can stay up. I know you've been waiting. I was like, okay. And I was like, oh, just jump over on my, on my computer. I can see everything. I can just take off from where I'm at. No, I had, nope. I had just gotten out into the open world segment. And I'm like, well, guess I'm restarting. So I was like, okay, I can't go to bed until I at least beat that portion of the game. <laughs> there were some there were some late nights, but I I really enjoyed that campaign. And and like beyond the story, which I do have issues with the story. I enjoyed it, but I have issues with it. But exploring the world was so fun for me. Like it, it just, I, I had fun getting, getting vehicles, grappling around the entire islands. I, I, I don't know what else to call them. I don't want to call it the ring because I definitely didn't get to. I, I call the them land ring. masses. Okay. Yeah. The different land masses. I had a ton of fun doing that. That was, that was very enjoyable. Finding all the collectibles, stumbling across little bases and caves and all that. Like I had a blast doing all that. And now that I've gone back to re-listen to all the data pads, I'm like, oh, okay, there's more story here, which I got way too occupied and like, oh, crap, I got to survive here for a second when I got the data pads. But that was just very enjoyable for me. I, I had a lot of concerns about the open world change, but this didn't feel so open world that I was playing an RPG, but it felt like I was encouraged to explore. And that was fun. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. My first playthrough on normal, it took me 14 hours to complete the main campaign because I was just half the time I was out exploring. It's like I wanted to find all of the fobs. I wanted to 
get all the collectibles. And at some point, I'm like, ah, I should probably just finish the actual campaign so I can talk about it with the other forerunners. Because some of them had finished it that night, and it took me probably three or four days to actually complete the, the campaign before I could start talking about it with the other forerunners. <clears throat> but it was just kind of one of those things of, you can really play this however you want to play it. That option is there. And it feels like this is I the Mission Halo in the first game. Like this is that on steroids. They really did a a great job adapting the first person shooter, rail shooter genre into something that's a lot more open world that feels really appropriate for a Halo being on a Halo ring. Yeah. It felt natural. I, I'm very curious if I mean, I think it's safe to assume that DLC is coming. I'm very curious how they're going to handle that. Like, we got we got teased other biomes versus the one we've played in. But are we going to be... Are, is this, like, the next biome over that we can just kind of go to? Or is this going to be, like, fly to or load into the next section? I, I'm really curious how they're going to handle that because... I like just kind of like going landmass island to island and just jumping around. And I feel like that loading into a new bio, like how cool would it be to kind of like go into that change, like walk through that change. A biome would be really cool, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if this engine can handle that, what their plan is, but I'm curious for sure. Well, uh, <clears throat> to risk being a little bit spoilery, there there was a trademark filed, I think, pretty shortly after the campaign was released that mm-hmm. hints at possible DLC based on the ending of the mainline campaign. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it certainly seems with the whole Halo Infinite as a platform that DLC is bound to happen. Obviously, they haven't said for sure, but it, you look at it and it's like, no, there's, there's, there has to be DLC for, for this platform. There's no way there can't be. Really, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it is more than safe to say it is coming. Yeah, yeah. But, Just a matter of what it is. Yeah, what it is. Be when it's coming. It's not. Like, are they going to go the Destiny route and do like an annual thing, or are they going to do every couple months? Like, it, it's really going to be interesting to see how they do this because i i think we're we're seeing enough news kind of coming out about the game and maybe this wasn't the full vision they had hoped to have at launch so those things were obviously in the works but is that like in the works hey we just had to like break it off and save it for later or is this like okay that's not going to work we need to build something totally different for later down the road I mean, it could really be either way because it's kind of new engine, new platform. They could do a lot with, mm-hmm. like, just <clears throat> I, I I almost think of Halo Infinite as a platform. So not necessarily everything has to be on Zeta Halo for Halo right. Infinite. It could just be no. This is the platform that Halo will live on for the next ten, maybe twenty years, and we're just mm-hmm. going to build experiences on top of this architecture and this tech. And you'll just have your sub releases within the game. I mean, and that'd be that'd be totally cool. I mean, ODST 
once formerly known as Halo Recon, was mm-hmm. supposed to be a DLC for Halo 3 that would have shown up on our Halo 3 download or disc mm-hmm. file, whatever. Yeah, so menu I, item type thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that format. Like, we got, like, an ODST 2 or, you know, I mean, other in stories, the, for sure. In the way we've kind of seen it, I'm going to say seen it with giant air quotes, in MCC where MCC Mm -hmm. is a platform of every game minus Halo five for the, so it's basically every first person shooter game for the first 20 years of Halo. Yep. Minus Halo five. Very well. Could have been a testing bed for sure. And there was rumors that Halo five was going to be included in MCC as like, you could go into Halo five or, or launch into a game there. And with all the technical issues, they probably just scrapped that idea or something else happened with it. But it wouldn't surprise me to see that, okay, you have this main campaign of Halo Infinite that's just, I guess, called the Halo Infinite campaign, and then you'll have all of these additional experiences on top of that that just are part of the game as far as that's how you access it, but there's these different games that just run on the platform, Mm -hmm. different stories. That's That's what it kind of feels like to me i agree thoughts gt <laughs> i know i mean has been talking quite a bit well no it well I, i've just been listening you know i i think it you know if they do something like it did in halo wars where you had additional campaigns to play mm-hmm. you know you select the campaign from a menu and play it uh it would be nice if they could integrate it into the open world to where you could actually travel to a new area. I would imagine there's probably ways to integrate that. Yeah. The so far, the one gripe that I have and it's, it's a limitation of the hardware, I guess, but the way everything was kind of led me to believe is that there would be, minimal loading zones mm-hmm. that would be a smooth transition from one to another. And it, it just, it didn't seem to work that way. <laughs> well, as far as the open world goes, yeah, I think that, was, that they accomplished it, but yeah, the open world was fine. But like when you transition from one part of a mission to another, <clears throat> you would have that brief load that I just yeah. was kind of hoping they would have a smoother uh transition between it's probably i would imagine a compromise between traditionally how halo has been done so you have a little bit more kind of the rail mission the rail shooter mission mixing it in with open world and it's probably just Mm -hmm. different changes in development probably just yeah I, i imagine it's probably just a limitation of the hardware the you know the hardware can only store so much information at one time. I mean, with how much they have with open world loaded. Yeah. I, I don't, <clears throat> it's probably just, my guess would be there like somewhere in development where they may have made this change to open world or, or somewhere along the lines. They had a lot more of the traditional, okay, we load all these assets in for this one mission to where they flow and they're optimized. And mm-hmm. Just continue to do that. And maybe they're, with how certain things are broken up, you can't stream things in as easily. It, yeah. there, there could be a whole slew of reasons why. 
which would probably yeah I'm, I'm not i'm but, not knocking them for it it just the way that i understood it it was going to be a seamless transition mm. but i mean all in all i had a lot of fun playing the campaign yeah yeah at least for the open world it pretty much was like you could go yeah. from one point of the open world to another point without ever hitting a a snag and loading mm-hmm. which was nice Mm-hmm. where there was kind of wish the opening was a little different but it was okay yeah can can i kind of hit on can we discuss that real quick if we have like a the moment? opening cutscene did well just okay, the game the, opening period i think this is just a gripe it's a gripe but it's not a gripe because i'm gonna be vague i really liked the way they told the story because i felt like one you didn't have to be totally in the know for the halo campaign like you didn't have to know everything to kind of get the a story but at the same time i kind of feel like they the way they broke off halo 4 and 5 like i feel like they they had to do it and i totally understand they like took an axe to those stories and just were like here we go like we're we're on to the next thing the, they wrapped up cortana I thought they provided good closure to it, honestly. They did, but like I just—it just took the most of the game to get to it. I just, well, I feel like there should have been like a "here's what happened" cinematic in the beginning of the game to kind of catch people up, especially on that story arc, because you kind of just like walked into it and you're like, "I see, I see what you're saying," and I, I agree. Yeah, like it, it, it. Yep, I, I don't I, know. It's it, it's weird because I feel on one hand, I don't want to say disrespected, but I can't think of a word off the top of that. It kind of like didn't do service to the people that played four and five and were invested in that story arc, even though they brought closure to it. It just kind of felt like abrupt. Like, where's Osiris? Where's Blue Team? Like, those were the last people you were with in the game, and we're just like gone, and. The, like, I, I, I've heard some of the reading kind of helped bring stuff in. I know there was that, like, little miniature podcast thing that they did, which was cool. It didn't bring, like, a ton of context to the campaign, though. I, I just felt like they could have brought us into the story for new players better and maybe for even the game-only players. The, the people that follow the story through the games, not through anything else. Like, who are the Banished? Oh, they're... Okay, they look like the Covenant, but they say they're not the Covenant, and they just destroyed Infinity, and I'm supposed to just accept that there's been this other lurking group out there? Like, I I think of those things, and I'm just like, man, I kind of wish we would have had some context provided at the beginning of the campaign to kind of, like, get us in there. It was a cool opening scene, but I just felt like I wanted more. Yeah. I, I just, you know, they they really they really pushed that they wanted this to be accessible for veteran players and new players. I just feel that it took a little bit too long to explain who Atriox, who Atriox was and who the Banish was. Yep, and Atriox's story was weird through that campaign, and I I I feel like I can't go beyond that until we have like a spoiler cast mm-hmm. spoiler cast, yeah. But, like, that felt weird. I, I just, I couldn't, 
all the way through the end, I was like, what? I'm so confused. Like, I see what I see. Did you I play see. Halo Wars 2? Yeah, absolutely. I beat it. And I, I really enjoyed it. But I was just like, at, by the end of it, for, for so from the beginning of, we can talk about the opening cutscene, right? For Halo Infinite? Is yeah. it safe to assume most people have played that? I, I mean, I would assume so. Okay. But in case people don't want to hear about the opening cutscene, skip ahead 10 minutes. Now, I, I mean, I just, I'll be quick. Um, we see Atriox a lot and kick kicking chiefs and then yep. not spoiling anything beyond that. We don't see him again. Like, it's just like, okay, we hear his name in audio logs and in, I can recall one or two other cutscenes. Well, you it's actually do weird. see him again. Well, but I, I, I can't I, I was, say I, why. I, I, I was, I, I was say I, I was avoiding that because I, I, I know what you're saying, but like, I'm just like, what? Because he's talked about in a certain I way. I didn't get that sense personally. I thought the whole storyline was pretty well done as far as the banished. Obviously, you needed the background like said, from Halo Wars too. Well, it's okay, just the way the way Eshram talked about him made it sound like he had moved on, and I, I'm just like, wait, what? Especially at the end, I'm like, well, I think that's part of the mystery. I I know it just it feels <laughs> incomplete right now, and I get that I that's, that's probably on purpose. Like, that's not. I, it probably is, but I'm just like, need that cliffhanger, man. Why, why did Eshram think that way? Like, are they going to explain that? Like, I, I mean, uh, I I think it's I think it's leaving the cliffhanger queued up for DLC, and, and maybe in you know. Four to ten years, I'll feel totally different. But right now, I'm just like, uh, I I'm know. excited. I, I I love the fact. I'm that I'm excited the, for the future. I just I feel like not the satisfied. People, I feel like the people <laughs> in Mad Max waiting at the bottom of the water fountain, just being like, "Give me some more water." We waited six years for this, and you just gave us like a little sip at the water fountain, and I'm still thirsty. <laughs> Like using a Coca Cola to quench my thirst, and after it, the wears off, you're just like, man, I'm still thirsty. I mean, that's that's certainly a valid way to to feel about it, and there's nothing wrong with that. For me personally, it it was one of those things where I played through the game. I thought, like, it, for me, probably my favorite campaign story of the entire franchise so far. Like, I loved how everything was tied in together. Granted, it really, like kind of you were saying, you didn't need to necessarily have all the game's prior knowledge to get the gist of the storyline, but it definitely treated those who have been heavily involved with the lore and the previous mm -hmm. games and all those connections in there from pretty much every Halo game to see it tied into Halo Infinite and so much pulled in from books and narrative too is just it was incredible. I, it was I really did enjoy the campaign. Honestly, I give it probably like an eight and a half. It falls behind CE four and two for me in terms of ranking. That is not a knock on it in any way, shape, or form. I keep telling people it's my fourth favorite campaign and they're like, What? No, it it is that is very good to me. Like it was levels above 
five for me, levels above reach for me. I even liked it better than ODST and three, which I know some people, those are like the darlings, but it is in good company for me. I really did enjoy it. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. It's a great story. Like I said, and I don't even mind the cliffhanger because that just tells me that there's more coming. It's at least it's better than Halo 2's ending. Um, Yeah, where it was just a dead stop. Like this is at least saying, this is at least giving the sense of, yes, we're leaving on a cliffhanger. Yes, we know we're leaving on a cliffhanger this time. See, I I never had an issue with Halo 2's campaign. I personally didn't either. The campaign itself? It's just the very end. Yeah, like (laughs) the very end, I just... What are you doing on that shift? Ship like, chief, I, I'm I'm happy. Like in when I finished Halo Two, I was like, "Cool, Halo 3. and like I just moved on. Like it was, that's all it was for me. But I know some people were really unhappy with that. There were issues I had with Halo Two, but yeah, I don't know. I I I liked, I liked Infinite a lot. They hit some emotional beats. I did not get emotional with the Cortana stuff at all. I did. I I keep hearing that and I'm like, am I just a cold hearted <laughs> or like, yeah, you are like, there, like, there I, were, there were three emotional hits, like big emotional hits for the me. Biggest in, one in this, was campaign. in the ship when, when they were sitting there, like when, uh, the weapon pilot and chief were sitting there that, that time. And the two times chief tried to do the thing. Those were the times that I felt the emotion because after that, the chief and weapon dialogue. Mm. Oh my mm. gosh. As a married man, I was like, I know exactly this conversation <laughs> and I know exactly how this is all going to turn out. Conversation. <laughs> yeah. I, yep. I was like, Oh yep. man, as a married man, this hits home. Like the That dude, whole mission, oh, that whole mission. When, I was just like, what oh, the heck chief? When what she the said, hell? I'm what, not why? talking no, to you. No, why? Oh. No, no. <laughs> oh man, when she said I'm not talking to you, I was just like, "Damn, I gotta go get a nice pack." Like <laughs> that was. Oh man, that that line was that stole the game for me. Like that is the line of the game for me. Like there were that the emotional pieces were cool, but like I'm not talking to you. The just with all the context to it, I was. Man, that was great. Mm-hmm. They hit a lot of good beats <coughs> in this from those kind of interactions and how they really, again, pulled together everything from past Halos into mm-hmm. into this experience. Yeah, like, yeah I mean, it was a good mix. Stuff. Yeah, you, all I'm saying is it seemed to take a long time to explain the banished. Mm-hmm. And to a new player, it, you know, I don't know how much of a turnoff that could be. And, you know, I can't look at it as a new player anymore. I've been playing it too damn long. Um, I think that's the one thing they took for granted, it feels like, for Infinite, is t- kind of going in with the assumption that most people are probably familiar with the storyline of Halo 2 because of how well it's received, even if people haven't played it. but it seemed like that was probably the one crux that they had was relying on who the banished were in Halo 2 and kind of writing that into Halo Infinite. I feel like all the other Halo games were pretty well 
represented in the in the game. Four and five with Cortana probably took a little bit of a backseat as far as kind of really identifying out what those pieces of the story were if you hadn't played those games. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did they did use the weapon to help explain the Cortana story. Mm-hmm. And I think they did a really good job with that. It just, the ending was kind of anticlimactic to the Cortana story. It just, it, it's like, okay, really? You went with that, that story? Anyway, I mean, I'm not saying it was bad. It just, I was expecting a little bit more pizzazz. <laughs> Which is fair, and I don't think that's necessarily a wrong thing. I don't, at the same time, I don't think the way they did conclude that part was necessarily bad either. Which I don't think is what you're trying to say. Yeah, no, it's not, it wasn't a bad way to do it. It just, I was, I was expecting a little bit more grandeur. (laughs) Sure. I think with how much you were just slammed with, different things for this campaign though it was kind of nice that that it wasn't just another big punch in the in the gut like the like a few other kind of key moments in the campaign were like your first time through all the boss fights more more the emotional gut punches than the uh actual physical gut punches that you get while playing on legendary um (laughs) okay i got i got a question this is not related to story at all the teeth were creepy yeah, they need a new dental plan. I'm sorry. The teeth on the weapon and the teeth on the pilot were creepy. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like it's Jason there with an axe or a chainsaw. <laughs> I really didn't n- um, notice anyone's teeth except for like Eshram's teeth. No, yeah, look. Every time they show the weapon, you see her teeth. Okay. I mean, like her lips almost never cover her upper teeth. And it's huh. kind of a, it, it's a grin, but it's a creepy grin. <laughs> okay. I'll, uh, I guess look for that next time I'm in the campaign. Which yeah. Once, once you, once you recognize it, it just doesn't go away. It's one of, one of those things. Yeah, it's you can never look at it the same way again. Fair enough. So if you don't want to always see it, don't look for it. <laughs> well, no, I can't not look for it now that you mentioned it. Thanks. But it's just the, I mean, the, you know, all the facial expressions in the entire game are great. Their mocap was on par with every, I mean, it was good stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just the, you know, the brutes, the, you know, the jackals, everything. It it just, it looked right. It's just the human teeth. (laughs) They were just a little too smiley. That's going to be the subject of the podcast. The human teeth. (laughs) It's got to be. Oh, that's the title of the podcast now. The the teeth were were creepy. Creepy teeth. But yeah, it's just like that. They just uh, every time they chore, I could not see them. <laughs> That's funny. I'm gonna have to go look for that. 
I it, it you don't have to look very hard because all you have to do is just watch but the it's, weapon. It's <laughs> interesting because it it wasn't something that occurred to me. So I guess obviously I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, well, weird things stand out to me. So I mean, weird things stand out to everybody. They're just different weird things. It's it's just you know I, I look at and it's like, <laughs> can you close your mouth? <laughs> yeah, pull them gums down. I don't need to see you know like the top gums just you know pull that lip down to you know, at least cover half the teeth <laughs> gt's ted talk the teeth were creepy <laughs> pretty much yeah anyway that that's side to- side topic interesting i yeah that's i will i will look out for that 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 was not something on my radar to, to, to look for i'm still baffled by that a little bit anyways uh, needless to say, I think I think it's my top campaign for me personally. Just every they hit every beat as far as going open world and really sticking to something that feels very good for Halo, nailing that experience from a campaign perspective. Really having lore that ties everything in. There wasn't anything that seemed superfluous, anything that seemed like it was out of place or not there for a reason. All the Easter eggs were fun. Actually going out and finding all the audio logs and the skulls, that was a fun experience. And all the additional storylines that you got with it from like six, seven different perspectives. The Grunt Propaganda Towers, which by the way, I will be putting a video out probably within the next week or so. Um, I have extracted all the Grunt Propaganda Tower audio clips from the game. And it is 55 minutes worth of grunt propaganda. Wow. Da, 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 da. That is one of them, da, yes. Da, da, da. Oh, I hate that theme. <laughs> a lot of propaganda. There is. There are a lot of really, really cool bits in there. There's actually two bits that they actually didn't record the grunt voice, so it's a Microsoft Sam voiceover for one of them, which is, I guess they just didn't record that one. But there's lots of really good ones in there. But yeah, 55 minutes worth of grunt propaganda audio in the game. So I'm going to get some game footage of all the different propaganda towers, throw that together, and just throw it up on YouTube. I don't know if I'm going to do it on the Potacular channel or the my personal channel. I might do the Potacular channel. but figures- Maybe that'll be my next stream. I'll just go find all the gr- the towers and just park in front of them. It'd probably take a while if you actually hear all of the unique ones actually in the game. Mm-hmm. Probably like days, if not weeks. Hey, hours of content. I'm, I mean, just just put that in a live stream. Just make a new Twitch account that says that's just grunt propaganda. <laughs> Our next 24-hour live stream. Oh, my god! Park my character <laughs> in front of one of the grunt towers and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot. I'll be back in 24 hours. (laughs) It's kind of like the Yule log. Yeah, kind of. Hey, there you go. The grunt log. The Yule grunt. Something along those lines. You should just put the audio over those Yule log videos. And then put it on the TV. And when all the family comes over for the holidays. Hey, does anyone have a spare Xbox controller? I've conveniently lost mine. Yeah, just enjoy. Spare Xbox too? (laughs) Yeah. So, all in all, favorite campaign. 
All it's up there for me. It's not my favorite, but it it, it is up towards the top. I am definitely not disappointed in it. Not my favorite. Me either. Definitely not disappointed in it. I came away way happier with this than I did with Halo 5. I even feel happier than I did with Halo Wars 2, and I liked Halo Wars 2 a lot. Yeah. I mean, I... I mean, the, the story they told made me feel like it was worth the six-year wait. Well, in the open-world experience, too, it's like, no mm-hmm. wonder they needed six years to make this. Like, this is, like, other than some, like, technical graphical issues, the overall experience for campaign for me was A-grade, like, mm-hmm. top tier. And one of the reasons why it's the top for me is because it just integrates every facet of the Halo universe that we've experienced so far through the books, the games, the audio dramas, like like The Hunt the Truth, I Love Bees, um, like every different piece of media coming together on in, in one package, really. And all those tie-ins is just really cool. And yes, there's three books I haven't finished, and I'm actually almost done with Silent Storm. I am two-thirds of the way through that book. I got to do some reading on the flights to and from London, so I'm almost done with that book. And yes, I know I'm behind. But have you read Fall of Reach yet, though? Yes, I've read The <laughs> Fall of Reach. I have not read the... What's the new version Shadows called? of Reach. No, no, no. Where they changed Fall of Reach because of the stuff in the Reach Oh, game. the new Fall of Reach? I have not read that one either. I haven't read the new the new Fall of Reach. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Silent Storm. I'm about two-thirds of the way through that book. Should be finished this weekend. And then I'll be moving on to the one that leads into this game, the other blue team one. Why am I blanking on the name? Shadows, Shadows of, Reach. of Reach. That one. So I'll be reading Shadows of Reach next. Yeah. So that's our initial thoughts for Halo Infinite uh, campaign. Any other thoughts before we speed run through news? Yes, but we better get to the news. <laughs> well, might as well put in the initial... Because th- I could tie up a couple more hours on campaign. Non- non-spoilery can- type of stuff? No. Well, okay, because we'll, we'll have other discussions about campaign, so any... And it, like I said, review- I, could ta- I, could talk, I could talk a couple more hours about oh, campaign. We, we will. But we want to save okay. that for later. Alright. So we're going to jump through news as quickly as possible because there's a lot to go through. Just touching on some of the Halo Waypoint stuff, when the Halo Infinite campaign came out, there was a post made, there's a little blurb in here from Bonnie and Joe Staten about the kind of state of how the game was made, their thoughts and feelings on finally being able to have Halo out there. So, lots of different cool things to um, go over to the Halo Waypoint and check out. There's a little blurb on each of the experiences in Halo Infinite talking about the campaign, the the PC experience, the multiplayer, Game Pass, the Academy. So just little blurbs about each little facet of the game. If, if people haven't seen that or read it or seen all the content of it, you can go over to Halo Waypoint and check that out. There's also the PC recommended specs if you're somehow not already on top of that and playing on PC. So lots of little things over there to check out. Um, there's also a cannon fodder that was released by Grim Brother One. 
couple days ago, so a little bit after Halo Infinite came out, they released another little kind of Halo promo thing. It's called Forever We Fight. Uh, I guess it's kind of one of their last videos of the whole Halo Infinite kind of promotional train, along with Carry On, which is a little short feature of Master Chief kind of beating up a, a banished brute. There is a short audio series on Spotify. It's a six-episode series called Halo Infinite Memory Agent. It has a very interesting premise about a Oni operative who loses her memory every seven hours and is supposed to give Chief some important intel. I thought it was every seven days. Seven days? Oh. Maybe I'm wrong. Probably seven days. That seems a little bit more reasonable than seven hours. <laughs> No, Ben says seven, oh, seven hours. hours. Okay, so I did read it right. I misheard. That would suck. It's the interesting premise of how, how you lose your memory every seven hours is beyond me. Um, <clears throat> also in the Cannon Fodder, Grim touches on each of the different audio log collectibles that you get and kind of gives a little summary of what each one of them are. So there's UNSC, Recovered Files, and Infinity's, Infinity's Approach, The Prisoner, Outpost Intel, and then for Banish, there's Eshram's Testimony, Archaeological Findings, and Outpost Intel. There's Spartan Logs, Foreigner Archives, and Target Desiers, the whole um, HVTs, High Value Targets, and a little bit more narrative on each one of the multiplayer maps as well. So if you want a quick and dirty kind of lore dump of all the different facets of Halo Infinite's game modes, campaign features, and all that kind of stuff, the Cannon Fodder is actually a pretty good little hitting all the quick bits instead of deep diving into any one particular lore section, as they've traditionally have been. There's also a new... Halo Encyclopedia Deluxe Edition, which I didn't even know that there was a Deluxe Edition. I got the the normal one. Sorry, not the it wasn't the Encyclopedia. It was the Art of Halo Infinite. So I actually need to get the new Encyclopedia. But the Art of Halo Infinite's also out as well. I got this actually just before I went on my vacation to London, and I think that's most of the Cannon Fodder stuff. I miss anything, guys, on that? I don't know. I haven't read it because I didn't want any spoilers. Thankfully, there's not a lot of spoiler stuff in here. It's just pretty much high-level overview. And that says you've played the game. Like I said, you can go and read it. I, I was trying to avoid all spoilers from all sources, even references, because I wanted to experience it on my own. Well, this only came out on Monday, so hopefully by then you would have yeah. finished the campaign. Uh, I finished the campaign Sunday evening. Yeah, you were done by then. And then I was busy all day Monday. (laughs) Makes sense. Recovering from playing Halo for the last four days. Yeah. Got it. We've also got the first Halo Infinite HCS tournament happening this weekend, and there's already a penalty and disqualification happening in that space. Haas, you care to elaborate? (laughs) Since that's a little bit more your arena? (laughs) Okay, so the allegation is, well, I guess it's a proven allegation. Royal 2, in a sense, was forcing host to his side of things. Or bringing the server to him by blocking others. So his team was running on a way lower ping, which on a competitive level, that stuff matters a ton. I mean, it matters for anybody, but 
especially when you get to that level, every millisecond matters more and more. So he had the advantage there. He's been doing it for matchmaking because he's in Canada. It gets pretty brutal for him. He forgot. He claims he forgot to turn it off. Right. I said he, I said he admitted it. <laughs> so he is now suspended for the first tournament. So in that, the Sentinels are without Royal 2. They have taken Formal, who was on SSG, Space Station Gaming. And now Space Station Gaming had to replace him. I can't remember the name, but he was on Space Station initially. And then Formal took his spot. So there's a lot of drama. Um, every live stream Royal 2 has is he's streaming from jail. It doesn't, for the most streaming part, from, from all the pro players or, I follow. I, yeah, he says streaming from jail because he's in Halo. Okay, he's in Halo okay. I thought that was just a joke, jail, but I'm like, wait, that's a weird say, way to say it. But okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So from what I've seen, a lot of the pro scene, they don't think that they won that tournament because of that. They don't think it was a difference. Even Pistola was like, that didn't change the fact that they won. APG, the team they beat in the finals, all said that wasn't the reason they won. They won because we choked and didn't play as well as they did. But the HCS Esports Governing Brass has decided a one-tournament ban is a penalty that he is going to have to endure. So I, for one, I like seeing more storylines already going into HCS. As long as the storylines aren't a detriment to the scene, I'm all for it. This creates drama. There's already been drama between Sentinels and United pretty publicly on on Twitter. So I think this adds to that. So it'll be pretty fun to watch this weekend. A lot of people are pulling for the Sentinels because of this. They don't think he should have been suspended from what I've seen and what I honestly agree with. I think they should have just gave up their seating for the tournament and just had to kind of play their way either in or oh oh they lost their seating too anyway so i thought i thought that was enough of a punishment to have them do that but yeah they lost royal two and replaced them with formal for a tournament and away we go so the drama <coughs> is already drumming up i am here for it. <laughs> and it didn't even involve our halo i don't know if we'll touch on that one tonight well, I, I guess we we can just mention it. A primer <clears throat> for the next podcast. We'll just mention it quickly because there's not really any reason to really think on it too much or talk about it too much. But it, the subreddit r slash Halo got a little heated. A little? I, I don't know the full details to really give a accurate description, but apparently there were some things said. There was a lot of controversy around the campaign coming out where the mods basically shut down the subreddit for a couple of days the weekend leading into the launch of the campaign. I don't know if it was specifically because of multiplayer customization and challenges or if there were other reasons. I just know that based on what I saw on social media, the Halo subreddit was shut down for a couple of days and then brought back online the Monday before the campaign came out. Yeah, all the two-year-olds showed up. So I... Feels good not to be a Reddit user. <laughs> I was like, oh, people are upset. Good for them. <laughs> I just moved I on. I mean, that's not just Reddit. That's, the though. only that's... thing I look at on Reddit is official news from 343. I don't read anything else. 
and I rarely actually log into Reddit. It's <laughs> the anonymity of the internet is getting out of control in many ways. Well, there's going to be that in pretty much anywhere you go, any kind of social media platform. And there's, there's always drama. Like I said, that's why I stated at the anonymity of your online personas. People are getting stupid with them. Gamers were a mistake. <laughs> I mean, people have always been playing games in, in some form or fashion. Yeah. Well, you know, back when I was playing Monopoly with friends, it never got this heated. <laughs> true. Very true. Although it did always seem that the banker won. <laughs> Rigged. Um, so, yeah, going into this weekend, though, we've got, was it, 250 thousand dollar prize pool and they said plus crowdfunding so i guess there's a potential based on skin packs for that prize pot to increase although i haven't really seen anything coming out of an increase yet am i misinterpreting that Haas, or is that kind of in line with what they're I saying i believe you are you are correct okay. so we'll see if that prize pot grows but there's a whole bunch of different twitch connected unlocks that you can get through halo infinite as well uh, that's another thing to talk about is how jacked up the customization and challenges unlock system is. But that's for another podcast. So more stuff on HCS probably we'll talk about next week. Hopefully it's a good tournament. Um, I know there's quite a few folks that are going to Raleigh or that are already in Raleigh for the tournament this weekend. I will be hopping on to watch some of the action, at least on Sunday for Championship Sunday. But I will... Uh, more looking just to see what people's thoughts are on how it plays competitively, how it how it feels to watch it from a spectator standpoint, how to see uh, or see how players feel about it in a land setting. Like it, it's just overall, how does it feel? How does it play? How does it work from a tournament perspective? Just where the outcomes really. For me, it it is now seeing it on land. I have. Every tournament I have stayed up. I think one of them went to like one thirty my time, and I stayed up the entire time. I got in bed, but I watched it, <laughs> and you know it has been so enjoyable to watch. We've had bracket or you know reset round resets, the whole nine. We've seen. I've learned things from Pistola, like jumping off of the ball when you get the lead, things like that. Like there's just so many unique things in this game. And I think it's going to be really fun to watch it on land. It's going to be exciting to see one, how the HCS broadcast has matured since Halo five and MCC. I mean, I, we've seen it all. So uh, it, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting to see what the esports engine team and all them, like what they're all really going to bring to the table. I think they have a solid group of broadcasters. I think it'll be a good show. And the cool thing is I think casual players will be able to watch this because the rule settings haven't really changed outside of you have a BR start. And so I think casual players will be able to watch, enjoy kind of see halo played at the top level. And Hey, you might even learn a trick or two that regardless of what skill level you are in halo, they, maybe you can utilize and have a little fun with a multiplayer, the repulsor. I have learned how to use. Thanks to the pro scene. Very nice. 
Yeah, picking up tips and tricks from watching pro players too. That's another good point. Really seeing how they use all that equipment. Well, seeing what the equipment is capable of pulling off. Right, <laughs> right but it, I mean, there's some jumps in there, some nerdy jumps that, like, there's mm-hmm. just like invisible little wall jump ups, like, uh, yeah, that I I I've been using a lot, and it's amazing how many people don't know about them yet. But if you can pull them off, you you can throw an enemy off, and it's great. One of the things that, because of of how much campaign I've been playing, and there there was one time in there where I I played a little bit of multiplayer outside the campaign, but I've been pretty much campaign for the last month. But <clears throat> I'm used to spamming all the uh, abilities because you have them all at your disposal in the campaign. Whereas in multiplayer, unlimited, yeah, and whereas in multiplayer, it's like oh crap. I have to really be deliberate on certain things and really slow down. <laughs> it's a very, very different way of using abilities in multiplayer. I have to be strategical. And there's just so many buttons too, where it's like, I'm sometimes I'll, I'll hit the wrong button. And so I'll, I'll use an equipment or I'll throw a grenade instead of doing the other one. <laughs> just cause there's, there's, there's so many different actions in Halo Infinite now. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. We've also got new playlists coming, or they're actually already here for Halo Infinite, so the masses have spoken. They have been very vocal over the last month of different parts of Halo Infinite launching, and there are four new playlists that have been introduced to Halo Infinite. Team Slayer, Free For All, Tactical Slayer, or SWAT, and Fiesta. So now there are, I guess, eight playlists in total for Halo Infinite multiplayer. They've also adjusted some of the matchmaking settings. So instead of timing out after five minutes, it's timing out after 10 minutes. And there's a lot more prioritization on rank matching instead of, or rank matching and lower latency instead of just trying to find matches quickly. Looks like rank distribution is following a pretty good bell curve. There's a few kind of outliers as far as Diamond 1 goes. I don't know if that'll be kind of redistributed, but looks like things are. Shaping up pretty well overall from the multiplayer side of things. There's an overhaul to challenge updates. I think this is their third update to challenges that they're doing. They've removed some. They've retuned some. Changed requirements for some as well. And there's some new challenges that they're throwing into the mix as well. Overall, just taking a lot of community feedback and kind of alluding to what you said towards the beginning of the podcast, Haas. Community has been very vocal, and 3 for 3 has reacted very quickly to community feedback. Yes, and I liked that stream a lot yesterday. I think it's, is it Jerry Hook? Probably. Um, He spent a lot of time kind of talking about the changes they have coming in for special events, for the battle passes, for everything, kind of the store trailers showing purchasable items for events and how they realize that was a mistake and they will address that from now on that events will only show the free items, not the paid items. Uh, they, I mean, we've seen the battle pass changes come in. I think they've been a little too generous with the battle pass stuff right now. They even tweeted that like, it's really cool ranking up through a battle pass, but it's, I, I'm flying through it. I, I think I've gone from like a 50 to I'm almost a 90 now. And wow, that's just off of using double XP and 
you know, combining challenges with the high, I think it's six or 800 XP. And then it kind of like tears down. I think there's still some balancing to do there. And they said they are not done with that. So <laughs> that's all good. But, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm really hopeful that they can fix the customization because with a game with a legacy of customization right now, Halo Infinite does not respect that at all. And I, I think I speak for a lot of people. We would like to see that changed. Like we're like, I'm still, and, I'm still grinding out customization the in MCC, but right now I could, I couldn't give a care in the world for customization in infinite. I, I really, yeah, it, it, I, I don't blame you. I, I don't blame anybody that's so turned off by it that they don't just not even worth a purchase. It's not even worth a free unlock by doing something, you know, like, I don't blame anybody supporting, not supporting them right now. There's get plenty of people that are supporting them. But, mm-hmm. And you know what? The investors are probably happy, but my, my biggest issues with the store is like, why is a knee pad and a shoulder pad, two different items that can be what, let it be one item that I can customize each arm for. Like, don't, don't say I'm getting 10 items and one of them is a, a left and right shoulder pad and then an emblem for my vehicle, for my chest and for my, my nameplate, like copy pasting. I mean, I know it's not copy pasting. I'm speaking generally here, but that's, that's not content. Uh, that's milking it. Like when they did that, like got milk nameplate thing on the Twitch rivals thing. I had a lot of friends is like, oh, are they just like mocking us about how much they're milking us for all the customization right now? Like, I was like, you know, <laughs> I can't really argue yeah. with that. But uh, that was a that that stream yesterday. If you haven't go back and watch it on YouTube, um, on the Halo channel, I, it's definitely worth watching. It sounds they are hearing us. I'm a little discouraged because it sounded like this engine was going to be so much easier for them to work on and change things quickly. It sounds like a lot of the systems they have in place do not make it so. Well, the engine is one thing. Back-end systems is different. Yeah. You're right. It sounds like they are learning lessons. They're taking it on the chin. And hopefully we have a brighter future. Hopefully not too far. Hopefully by season two, we'll be in a good, cohesive place where the community's happy, 343's happy, investors are happy. Hopefully we can mend all those things. But yeah. Yeah. Ideally, given how reactive they've been to community feedback and really trying to make the game something that's important to the community, eventually... It, it should kind of level out and they'll kind of get a sense of what they want as far as the experience that they have envisioned for the community and the community will kind of reciprocate that. And there'll always be outliers. There's always going to be people that don't like certain things, but as long as you kind of get the majority of people are, that are kind of like, okay, we're good with this. Then that's where you, you know, want to be. It's kind of a blessing yeah. for them. It's kind of a blessing for them right now. Cause a lot of the other big shooter games right now are in their own heaps of crap right now. And one thing I think everybody's in agreement on is Halo is fun to play. And uh, it, whether you're ranked or casual, I think overall, 
it is fun to play. We hope there is more content coming, more variety coming. But right now, the game is fun to play, where a lot of the other games, those fan bases aren't really feeling that way. And Halo is kind of giving an audience to that. So hopefully, we can see capitalization on that. And Halo really can kind of like just continue on a path of success. Which is funny because I I am not finding multiplayer for Halo Infinite very fun to play, personally. Campaign's great. I love multiplayer. Ranked. I love ranked. Multiplayer's a I struggle. Hate, I hate all the casual modes. BTB is fun when I have eight or more, but now they've reduced that to ten until they can figure out what's going on with that. But oh, really? It's not twelve on. It's not twelve v twelve anymore. It's ten v ten. Yeah, they kept. You can like connect to a lot of games. So. Oh, okay. They had to reduce it to 10. They found that stable for now while they continue to work Got out it. their issues on their end. So hopefully that gets fixed soon because when I get a big squad on BTB, it is quite fun, but by myself, it's not the best. And I think for me, mostly as far as the multiplayer experience, I'm still trying to dial in my settings because the settings that I have for like Halo 5 and MCC don't quite feel like they match up on Halo Infinite. So I think that's one of the reasons why I'm not having as much fun is I haven't found those settings that really allow me to play my best, even though my best is not very good. <laughs> so I'm I'm still trying to dial in those settings for. I, yeah. I still go in like a look sensitivity and dead zone. I go into panic modes a lot, but I found a pretty good space. I did find on Steam. I have to launch the game in big picture mode. Because if I don't, I lose auto-aim or aim assist, whatever you want to call it, really easily. And it totally changes the way the game plays. So, on a controller side, launch Steam in big picture mode. Use your controller to navigate the menu all the way through the game. Thank me later. (laughs) I mean, really, the only complaints I have about the the, uh, customization and the store are the customization, you know, they held reach up there in front of us well one thing that reach had that infinite doesn't is the ability to mention mix and match pieces of armor also with their can't you do that no there are some pieces of armor there's armors are tied to cores colors are tied to cores really so, so you can't apply yeah. colors to. Wow. So you to if you want brown, you've got to buy the brown for the core that you want to put it stupid. on. Yep. Yeah, they've like done the same red three times: one for the Mark V, and right. then one for the Mark the, Seven. The one thing about the I customization is they need to remove the core they've limit. They just botched customization. I'm just going to put it out there: they've botched customization. Yeah, in my opinion, uh, I like the variety of stuff that's available, but the fact that I can't mix, mix and match it is a problem. The, the system and overall the is just armor not, coatings. It, it doesn't have any, I don't have any desire to go and unlock stuff. Like I was all gung ho. Like what well, I understand, but like I said, this is, this is why I don't go looking for stuff to unlock because I unlock stuff. I can't use it with any of my other stuff. And then, you know, to the armor coating, I can use it on this armor, but I can't use it on this armor, but I want to be the same color. So now I got to buy another color. Yeah. And you, and you, what, buy, 
a color and armor set and a weapon pack for the same cost as the campaign? And how much more content does it have for your $60? And, and legit. Now, for, <laughs> for the store, A, the stuff's too expensive, including the battle pass. Really uh, there either the needs to be a free battle pass or the battle pass, not the free pass, the battle and pass, the battle and the pass. premium battle pass. But that's pretty standard in the industry. Like they're pricing and everything for the battle pass. There's a free tier where you get something 30, every 30 five bucks levels. is not standard for a battle pass. $30. What? $30. I had 10. You 20. have to buy $30 worth of in-game currency to buy one premium battle pass. Isn't it 2000 credits for the premier? That's 20 bucks. No. A thousand credits is 10 bucks. Yeah. So how much was a premier but pass? I, you have I'd to, have to I think look it, again. You have to buy the $20 on top of the $10. But that might be where you're getting the thirty dollars. No, no. You can just buy you can just buy the premier pass for twenty bucks worth of credits. You don't have to buy the battle pass and then the premier, which is like twenty or twenty five tiers. Like, well, I know I bought two thousand. No, it was twenty two hundred credits. That's what it was. Because you had to buy like what the two thousand credits that comes. You have to buy the two thousand credits and then you have to buy another thousand credits, or you have to buy the fifty dollar pack of the. 5,000 credits. I almost want to start a new account so I can look at this myself because I, that's not adding up, but maybe but I'm the, the deal, the, the deal is like with destiny, a season is what? 10 bucks. Yeah. To unlock all the stuff in the pass is 10 bucks and it's still a hundred tiers. Do they not have a, more a tier stuff higher in the pass, more content right away? I, I, I can't remember from Destiny, but like in Warzone, well, you got like a $10 said, and a $20. In Apex, you got a $10 and a $20. Those are the games I'm most familiar with. So right. the, the $20 will the, give you like an advanced The deal skin. is, what I'm saying is the store side of it, the, the individual items that you purchase are a bad value. If I want to buy an armor, I want to buy all the armor, not, you know, the helmet, the shoulders, and an e-pad. And then, you know, a couple of shaders. I want the complete set of armor. I want the core. I want the helmet. I want the shoulders. I want the gloves. I want the arms. I want the pants. I want the knees. I don't want to have to buy three different packs to get a whole set of armor at 10 bucks a pack. Okay. I, I think the pricing is appropriate for the store, but I don't think how they have structured each bundle I don't think the appropriate is pricing is appropriate for what you get when you buy when that, you that's spend what I'm that saying. Like, I think I think like the top tier bundle with a, a full armor coating set armor weapon skin all that like the you know the big weekly one the featured one the pricing is right it's what you get at that price that is not right mm-hmm. and they've had a couple that I've been like oh that's a good that's a good price for that those have been very few and far between but yeah, yeah, everyone I, I, I've looked I, like, at, I'm like, oh, hey, this looks neat. They, oh, well, shit, either, I only get half the, one half of two the stuff. One needs to happen in the store. They either need to bring the content down to match a price, or they need to bring the content, the content up to, to match the price. Match Remember the, the whole price. thing right now, when they, when, <clears throat> like, back at the beginning of the year, when people were like, this, the, the Monarch color skin is worth $5, retail $5. They weren't kidding. It's $5 to buy a freaking color in Halo Infinite. 
Mm-hmm. Which is, in my mind, just ridiculous. Yep. Well, like- I I wouldn't mind if the five dollars unlocked it for all my armor, but if I've got to buy the same color ten times for my ten different sets of armor, that's a problem. I definitely think one fix they could make is any coating you buy can it be applied to any armor core. It should be regardless, and that that's the way it yeah. should be. It shouldn't be like I bought the Mark Seven velvet red cake coating mm-hmm. like red cake nice <laughs> like just give it to us for all of them it drives me insane like the hcs skins totally get it ten dollars it's for the uniform of the hcs team fine whatever but all these other ones this snow one that they had the very first week or blue yeah yeah, red, blue, yeah all these brown. other ones these full weekly ones the soldier coating that let us apply that to all cores. Like they keep saying they're like looking into, I'm like, how deep in the system is all this stuff rooted? Like this sounds like this was the plan a long time ago. And I just question like whoever made decided to go left versus right on this decision. Oh, you missed big time. What this community has known for years and expected for years i mean it's i'll I'll go back as far as 2007 because 2 and c had very limited customization but mm-hmm. boy we we missed the mark there and if it's that deep rooted in the system i hope they can get it fixed soon because it sucks like there, there's no other way of putting it right now it it sucks and i and you know i kind of hope they are able to, I know this is probably a huge ask, but they can retroactively go back and any coding that is a repeat coding for a different core, they can grant access to anybody that has bought anything or unlocked anything to all the cores. Just where I'm at. There's there's a lot of things I hope they fix retroactively. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of work that needs to be done on the store. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm not surprised because when they announced multiplayer was going to be free to play, I knew it was coming. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we knew. I didn't, you just didn't think it was going to be abused. I like knew this. that it that it was going to be if you wanted to really customize your Spartan, it was going to cost you money. I didn't know that. And, you know, when they announced armor coatings, I was all for armor coatings because it, it's a good idea. But the fact that they you have to buy multiples of the same coating to use it on different armors, that's over the line. Yep. They either did not think this through. The fact or... that you have to buy multiple package to get a full set of armor is over the line. I think a big part where they stubbed their toe was they said reach levels of customization. Mm-hmm. But they didn't say or reach levels of customization and then some. And then they didn't say you can buy reach levels of customization and then some like, well, that's just it. They haven't gotten to reaches level of customization yet. It doesn't feel like it. You know, you can't even get to the same point that reach was you could spend a hundred thousand dollars and still not get to where reach was. So they haven't even surpassed 
past reach yet in customization with all the limitations they've placed on the armor. There are some things they need to fix. Plain, plain yes. and simple. They really plain do need to work on them. Uh, last thing to touch on, there was a TV announce trailer. Yeah, was it announced trailer? Game, game yeah for the TV show, which is coming out next year. Which looks freaking wicked. Although Visually, I'm I'm excited for it. Although I forgot this was a thing, and I guess it's a thing, but it's not. What's the word? It's not lore accurate. It's not um, canon. Yeah, it's a silver timeline. What they're calling it. silver timeline, which silver timeline is what they're calling it. And, and you know what? I know this is controversial. Some people are not happy with it. I think they're making the right decision here. They are changing some characters up a little bit from race, gender, you know, beyond. And I don't think. It's hard, especially not going animated. I think it's hard to take a sci-fi franchise that's established with so many things and really just kind of like make it live action without making it look corny. And so I think that's fine. It's weird because of the age of Halo. I don't know if it's quite ready for this, but I think we're also we've been ready for this for a long time. I really don't have a problem with, you know, changing the gender or the race of a character. I don't either. You know, that's not a problem with me. The stuff that bothers me is when they blatantly just redcon established lore, like reach the animated series. (laughs) I understand that there's kind of an artist interpretation of how things go. That's different though. And I'll be interested to see what the show does and does not do. It's kind of hard to judge it from just a trailer. You know, there are some things in the trailer, certain characters in the trailer that don't represent what was, what's in the established lore. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that. I mean, Laird brings up a good point too. Basically saying like the Yeah, I mean and I mean that's that that's a very valid point, Laird, as far as yeah, you, you can go separate directions, like taking the MCU example, comics and the movies. They're in the same universe, but they yeah. have different storylines in different directions. So like mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. I mean this eventually was gonna happen for Halo as it matures and continues to expand. This is something you just have to do. <laughs> this is Spartan 1337 universe. That's my hero, man. <laughs> that guy should be canon all the way. <laughs> Maybe he's silver timeline. Who knows? I have to admit of that series. That was one of my favorite. I need to watch those again. animes. It's been a long time since I've watched through those. I mean, they did a good job of mixing Halo with Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> I guess just as like liking and really being invested in the lore. It just for the anime, the anime shorts, it was like, it was a little bit easier to accept that some of them were not canon because they're shorts. They're not full feature mm-hmm. length or series length stuff where that's something like this is like, okay, you're pumping a lot of story into this. It'd be nice if it was connected with the established universe. And now we're saying, okay, this is going to be a separate thing. Everything that's going to be happening in the TV series isn't necessarily related to anything that you've seen in the books, the games. Like, it's a completely disconnected medium from all the other mediums, even in the same medium for <coughs> Forward into Dawn and Nightfall. Like, that medium, those are 
those are canon to the game. And now this one isn't. It, it's it's like a said, nitpicky it, it, thing. For me, it all depends on how they do it. Yeah. And how much stuff they actually change. It, it's it's nitpicky. I admit it's it's me being an entitled Halo lore nut type thing. But I mean, if, am I going to watch it and not enjoy it? Yeah, I'm probably going to enjoy it because it's live yeah, action Halo. Course. As long as it's not Nightfall. <laughs> I came across someone recently. I don't remember who, but they actually really enjoyed Nightfall. I forget who it was, but I enjoyed parts of it. <laughs> Any part that didn't involve Locke. <laughs> yeah, there's people out there that really like Nightfall. Like I said, I I, I enjoy every part of it that doesn't involve Which Locke. There's a fair amount that involves Locke in, <laughs> in that series. Exactly. Anyways, I think that's going to be a wrap up on things tonight for as far as our first impressions and news. Any news things that I missed out there other than the holiday swag stuff, which if people are interested in that, go check Waypoint, go check the stream. There's Lots of Halo gifts out there for for people if you're interested, but did I miss any other big items out there blatantly or probably, but I can't tell you what they are. Yeah, nothing okay. For me. Well, we will try to sneak a podcast in before Christmas comes around next week, whether that be Monday or Tuesday or sometime next week. We'll try to squeeze another one in. Maybe talk a little bit more spoiler land campaign type stuff or who knows what we've, we've got a backlog of things to catch up on. So stay tuned to discord social media, as far as what we will end up talking about next week, when we end up talking about it, if we get around to talking about it, who knows? We might go another hi- three week hiatus <laughs> might be the new year before we back on behind the microphone. <laughs> uh, I, hope, I so. hope, not. hope not. I got a lot to say. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> A lot to say and a lot to finish reading up on. Uh, so that's going to be the podcast for us tonight. Thanks for tuning in. We are back on our Thursday recording nights. We might have a off. Until further <laughs> notice. We might have an off Thursday one next week just to get some more episodes out there, some more discussion out there before Christmas and New Year's comes out. So again, stay tuned to social and, and Discord for that kind of stuff. We will be going over some community content tales from the foxhole type stuff hopefully on the next show if not the one after that we've seen a lot of activity in the community sharing some interesting clips and cool things that they've come across so lots of really cool things to talk about from the potacular community if you're interested in sharing your own stuff hop on over to our discord give us a, a share over there or ping us on twitter facebook instagram wherever you share your stuff and we'll include it in our tales from the foxhole segment whenever we get around to that Plan is to kind of divvy up the podcast going forward, talking about possibly doing three episodes in one recording, one to talk about a campaign mission or two, one to talk about a multiplayer map and mode, and then another one to talk about community news and official news, Tales from the Foxhole, kind of bringing all that together. So um, stay tuned for, for that in the coming weeks. Uh, You can check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Discord, Xbox Club, all that good stuff. Just search for Podtacular and find us there. You can find the podcast every Thursday on Twitch at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. We're back to Thursdays. And then we have our Frag and Friday, which is pretty much going to be Halo Infinite 
for the foreseeable future, unless GT decides to put a poll up. That's Halo Infinite and MCC. Maybe throw in a Halo 5 every once in a while if there's enough demand for it. But I have a feeling it's pretty much... It's going to yeah, be Halo yeah. Infinite for a while. <laughs> Probably Halo Infinite for the next two, three months, uh, to say the least. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking July, okay. August. Oh. So through to season two, probably at least. We will have 360 achievements going on for achieving Halo this week. So at 10, well, sorry, at uh, starting between 9 and 9.30 Eastern time on Sunday, we'll be going through some Halo 360 achievements, uh, likely on Reach because GT has two achievements on Reach that he needs. So probably running through some of those. If anyone else needs some 360 achievements, we will probably be finishing out the next month of achieving Halo on 360 titles because Halo 360 first-person shooter titles will be going offline as far as their multiplayer matchmaking servers on January 13th, which just so happens to be my birthday. What a crappy birthday present. Um, <laughs> no kidding. We'll forever remember Dust's birthday as the day Halo 3's matchmaking died. You're welcome. Thanks, You're Dust. <laughs> Not that I care about Halo 3's and matchmaking. I oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so come on over, join us. We'll be doing some more 360 achievements. Hopefully, getting all those before the end of that time period comes to a close. If you want to help support the show, you can do so in a number of ways. You can gift you can well pens can gift you a sub or you can subscribe to us on twitch uh you can also become a patron over on patreon we have pins confal and prestige ace over there supporting us at various different tiers and you can also donate to us directly if you so choose pottacular.com slash donate if you wanted to give us a monetary donation directly instead of going through the hoops of patreon and twitch and i think that's all the mumbo jumbo for the end. Any bingo cards completed out there in the Twitch chat? You guys complete any bingo cards? I didn't. I didn't Not for me. Cards. I've got two, and I'm one away on both of them. Well, maybe this one will. Maybe maybe the end of this will clear it out. We'll see at the very end. Thanks for listening, everybody. Sorry for the long hiatus. Uh, hopefully, we will not be hit with another hiatus for a very long time now since Infinite is out, and we'll be rocking and rolling for the foreseeable future. We hope that you will join us on our game nights and in our Discord community. And until then, keep on fragging the trucks. 